You're listening to The Nature of Things. This episode was originally recorded May 14th, 1992. If you've been listening to the national news of late, you may be aware that our environmental president has engaged in some interesting doublespeak of late. Nothing outrageous, understand, just a modicum of contretemps produced. The president has finally broken his silence about attending the upcoming International Environmental Conference in Rio. It's clear that this is a reward for the interesting spin put on the recent agreement on global warming, which reduced it to its essence, says, uh, let's take a look at it. That's not all bad. At least global warming has temporarily escaped the fate of acid rain, which is to say it is not yet classified as part of the liberal conspiracy. I'm glad the president's going, I think. I'm a little unsettled about his agenda. His position, reasonable enough, is that we can have a clean environment without harm to the economy. Sounds good, right? But this president is not known for pioneering and leadership. He's a crafty politician. My secret fear is that my party, the Republicans, that is, may have been analyzing the record and discovering that environmental contamination just doesn't save jobs. It also creates them. Did you ever stop to think of the power that could be wielded by a coalition of those whose jobs would be saved by sloppy environmental controls and those whose jobs would be created by it? Such a vested interest could have a powerful voice when the question of environmental controls is considered. We're in for an interesting three or four decades ahead. I hope I'm around with all my faculty spinning to observe it. That last statement might be construed as an optimistic one, and it is in part. My hope for that would be that my grandchildren would ascend to power with a fuller understanding of the issues at hand than we seem to have. By then, we could have become a second-rate nation in terms of the things that will signify power, land, resources, and a title deed to those resources, including that all-important human resource. When you compare the U.S. and Japan contrast with Hawaii, Alaska, and the lower 48, we have a wealth that Japan could only dream about. But then, when you look at Japan, there is that human resource which at the present moment seems to outshine us. Still, we can foresee problems ahead for Japan when her masses become as diverse as prosperity and poverty demand. As I say, I hope at that point we still own this awesome 50, which is our real wealth. I'm sure that such thoughts were remote from the minds of some hundred-plus high school students with whom I had the privilege to meet last week. Still, they represent a part of the reason for my optimism about the future. The other part of that reason for optimism is a small group of gifted and talented fourth graders from the Oswego City Schools with whom I met three days later. The teens were participating in a regional envirothon sponsored by the county soil and water conservation districts and by other conservation groups. I was one of over a dozen professionals participating. The envirothon is like a field day combined with an environmental jeopardy game. What we had was 25 teams, averaging five or six students, competing to demonstrate which were the most knowledgeable about just the kinds of things which I cover in these programs, forests, wildlife, soils, aquatics, and their wise use. I was in charge of the aquatic portion, along with Wayne Gillespie, director of Centers for Nature Education, the private nonprofit group that operates Baltimore Woods. At the end of the day, although there was 
a winner from each of the four counties represented, Cayuga, Madison, Oneida, and Onondaga. The overall winners were Team 1 from Auburn High and the Orange Team from Liverpool High. These kids were really impressive. Although Wayne and I were congratulating ourselves for the results of our test, in which a few teams did poorly, a few aced it, and all the rest were spread out in between, the students said, make it harder next time was their evaluation. The fourth graders, on the other hand, showed an amazing ability to handle terminology and concepts comparable to what we were offering the high schoolers. If they are typical, by the time they reach high school, the Envirothon will compare favorably to a college bowl competition. These young people, to a person, show an interest in environment we haven't seen since pioneer times. And I've been thinking, what if the president could sit down with that Auburn One team and say, how do you see the future of our environment? I think their advice might compare favorably with that for which the Fed pays astronomical fees right now. Well, that's all I have for today. This is John Week saying thanks for listening. Tune in next week, and keep it natural.